Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. So, Peter Schiff, my good buddy. Holy cow, he is pissed, as you can tell by that thumbnail. <laughs> oh, Peter, if you're watching this, buddy, I'm sorry I used that picture. I, I had to do it. I had to do it. I found that picture just randomly online, and I said, I, I have to use this in a thumbnail. So, Peter... I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> when I see you in May 12th to the 14th at Rebel Capitalist Live, I'll 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 somehow make it up to you. I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> but but he is mad as hell, and he has every right to be mad as hell. So let me show you exactly what I'm talking about in this shocking new development, which is really the the, the next extension of these bailouts. Let's go right over to zero hedge and then we're gonna to go to some charts that really back up what Peter is saying. So the title of this zero hedge article, Peter Schiff, the 2023 financial crisis has begun. And this is what Peter was saying on his blog, or excuse me, on his podcast the other day. And I think they kind of used some quotes here on, I guess this is one of his websites, Schiff Gold. So as we start to sort through the fallout, of the SFB debacle in Signature Bank, the government's reaction to it. Next question is, what's next? Yeah, I, I think it, it's appropriate to start talking about a GFC 2.0. So Peter says, this is no longer the 2008 financial crisis. This is the 2023 crisis. It's been a long time, 15 years, since we had a financial crisis. I'm surprised it's taken that long for the crisis to begin. But I'm not surprised we're actually having the crisis. And then he goes on to say about this crazy program that they set up. Over the weekend, the Federal Reserve, the Treasury took quick steps to address the failure of two big banks. Peter called it the plunge protection team, appropriately enough. In order to prevent the bank run and shore up the system, they created this mechanism so nobody loses their deposits. Well, that was the FDIC, right? But I think what Peter was uh, really referring to was this new facility that the Treasury and the government or excuse me, the Treasury and the Fed set up, and they used taxpayer money to fund it. So the first losses this facility takes are going to be absorbed by the Treasury, i.e. the taxpayer. And if that doesn't piss you off, I don't know what does. In fact, I've, I think that everyone right now should look exactly like Peter looks <laughs> in the thumbnail. In fact, that's what I looked like when I read about these bailouts on Monday. And he points out something that hits the nail on the head. He's talking about how the Biden administration is saying, oh, well, whatever you do, don't call this a bailout. And it's just like when we got the QE in 2019, September. Remember when they started buying bonds because of the repo spike? And Jerome Powell came out and said, well, well yeah, we are buying treasuries, but uh, whatever you do, don't call it QE. And then Biden or whomever in the administration is saying the exact same thing now. Well, uh, yes, we're setting um, up this facility and we're using taxpayer dollars, but um, this does bail out insolvent banks in the future. But uh, whatever you do, don't call this a bailout. And Peter points out why, because it's politically unpalatable for the population in general uh, to use that term, right? Because it pisses people off, rightfully so. They're sick and tired of these banks and these 
hedge fund managers or private equity or tech companies or whatever, wh- whoever has this uh, these insider relationships with Washington, D.C., they're sick and tired of these people being bailed out. And what a novel idea. They just want the United States to go back to free market capitalism. So he goes on to say that Biden has sworn up and down that the talk, the taxpayers are not on the hook for this. Give me a break. So just curiosity here. Where does money come from? You say, well, it comes from the banks, George. Yeah, right. Who, who do the banks create it for? Ah, that's right. It would be for the entities in the real economy. You say, yeah, George, but this business is coming from the banks, so this is coming from blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. Where are they getting it? Ah, so that's right. That would be their customers. Everything always goes down to the average Joe and Jane. So whenever they say we're getting the money from here, just replace here with the average Joe and Jane. That That's what's accurate. And Peter points this out. He says, okay, well, then where's the money going to come from? The man on the moon? <laughs> exactly. Of course, the taxpayers are going to pay, but they may not pay in the form of taxes because nobody has the integrity to actually raise middle-class taxes. But that doesn't mean the taxpayers are are going to get away with this. They're going to pay for it. It's just that they're not going to pay for it with higher taxes. They're going to pay for it with higher prices. Yeah, I, I would say <laughs> they're paying for it with money they've already paid. Let, let's not forget that. that. This $25 billion that is used as a buffer, if you want to call it that, for this new facility. And that's going to take the first hit when the losses roll in from buying all this garbage collateral you know, hundred cents on the dollar from all these banks that most likely will go bust in the future. That's going to be taken out of the taxpayer's pocket, what they already gave the treasury. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out rebel capitalist pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with macroeconomics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of -of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. And of course, what he's talking about specifically, this facility, this bank term funding program that we've been talking about a lot on this channel. And here he points out something that I, I think is actually accurate. I was on a Twitter spaces yesterday with the guys from uh, Mises.org. I believe they set it up. And Jeff Deist was on there. And I, I think Jeff is great. And he was saying that he actually kind of disagrees here with Peter because Peter was basically saying this is a return to quantitative easing. But I, I'm i actually taking the side with Peter here that although it's not quite literally the technical definition of quantitative easing, I mean, what are they doing in the future? I know it's supposed to be a loan and all this is supposed to be temporary. And so was QE1. Remember that was supposed to be temporary. So were stimmy checks and somehow people are still getting free money. (laughs) 
you know, and in the future, they're most likely to go to UBI, but I don't want to go off on a tangent, but Hey, I mean, it's, it's the concept, right? So even if it is a loan or however they want to dress it up, the bottom line is they're creating bank reserves to give to these banks and they are exchanging those bank reserves for treasuries or mortgage-backed securities. So I, I know technically it's not QE, but at the end of the day, is, is there really any difference when QE is trading bank reserves for treasuries and mortgage-backed securities? And this would be doing literally the exact same thing. So here, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Peter, and he's calling it QE5. I mean, can we really even number it now? I mean, again, just do that sign right? Let's just call every single time we use QE from now on, it just needs to be followed up with that sign. In fact, we could just replace QE with that infinity logo. And that's what we should use in place of quantitative easing moving forward. <laughs> it'll be like Prince. All it'll have is just this, this symbol, but let's go on. Let's go over to a, a tweet from my good buddy, Jeff Snyder. And he is talking about, uh, pretty much the same thing. I mean, he's not using the same terminology as Peter saying that this is the beginning of the 2023 financial crisis, but in a way he, he's coming to a very similar conclusion because he's talking about what's happening in the Euro dollar futures market where the prices are just going parabolic and they crash and we've had massive volatility, but now the prices are skyrocketing and you guys know what that means. If prices go up, yields go down. If prices are skyrocketing in the Eurodollar futures market, that means that the smart money, the super smart money, is predicting the Fed will be dropping rates very quickly. And if they are dropping rates, why would they do that? We just had a CPI print come out yesterday where it's still at 6%, 6% year over year. So what would the economy, what would the environment have to look like for the Fed to drop rates like the Euro dollar futures are predicting. That would be financial crisis 2023. And let's move over to the two-year treasury. And this backs up exactly what Jeff is saying and exactly what Peter's saying. We go back, we look at the last five days and we were just, in fact, we, a little earlier and we are over 5%. I know this because I just used this for a whiteboard video. So we are over 5%. And then we just absolutely crashed in yields on Monday down to under 4%. And then yesterday we spiked back up. Again, a lot of volatility, which you see during financial crises. And then today we go from 4.2 all the way down to where, in fact, around 10.30 Eastern time, we got below 3.8%. 3.76. So let that sink in for a moment. In the last few days, we've gone from the two-year treasury yielding 5% to 3.8, down 120 basis points. This is absolutely unprecedented. And I'm, I'm, and I'm using that term literally. We have never seen anything like this before. Like I said in some previous videos, 9-11 the two-year treasury went down by 63 basis points. This is double that, double 9-11. I mean, during 1987 Black Monday, it went down by 100 basis points. 
I mean, this is absolutely off the charts. And so what the two-year treasury is telling us is that all these stupid bailouts that as my good buddy Peter Schiff mad as hell, the market is predicting that will do basically zero because it doesn't address the problem. All it is is just another Band-Aid. All it is is just some more spit and duct tape. So just like QE didn't fix the problem, this won't fix the problem either. And based on what the yield curve is doing right now, particularly the yield on the two-year treasury, it's telling us that this is, there's going to be some significant volatility moving forward, most likely to the downside, if not just in risk assets, but the entire economy. Are we going into a recession? I can't predict that. I would say the probability is extremely high. We're not already in one right now. Just like I said in today's whiteboard video that'll be out tonight, I think my base case is this crisis has just begun. Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, they were just the tip of the iceberg. That was just the seismic activity that you see prior to the volcano exploding. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.